it in podcast. Stay tuned in, you don't wanna miss it. Conversation that's so authentic. Come join right now, let's go, let's get it. The way it in podcast, based in the UK, and we got it popping. Talking about issues and so many topics. Never hold back, we gotta be honest. Talking out many scenarios and breaking down actions and the consequences. I admit it's getting intense with Wade hosting. You don't really wanna miss it. The way it in podcast, the way it in podcast. Let's go. So, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Welcome to an emergency broadcast of the Waiting Podcast. Breaking news coming out of Afghanistan is that the Taliban are back. They are now in control of Kabul. I think it's now two days. They've been spotted driving around in uh, in bumpy cars, as, they, as they've been reporting on the uh, on the Daily Show. It's, it's imperative that we talk about this, especially to give a perspective from the South Asian community. Uh, Abbas is is far more informed on this topic than I am, so I will start. Wow. I will defer to him to to give us the the basic chron- chronological set of events that occurred from uh, 2001. Just very short and brief. Uh, this will be no more than about a 30 minute episode. Uh, we want to keep it as as succinct as possible. So, Abbas, let's go. We want to we, we want to really focus on on yeah. the um, what's what's going on now yeah. and react to that as opposed to talk exactly. about the chronology. But um, obviously, with the situation in Afghanistan, this all started as far as what we're seeing right now. Twenty years ago, after September September the eleventh um, happened and the attack on the twin towers occurred. And Osama bin Laden became the most wanted man in the world. Um, and, you know, the U.S. decided that or the FBI, whoever it was, decided that this man was uh, being, um, you know, was residing in Afghanistan and to track him down and kill him was their objective. Them and international allies, I think NATO or the U.N. or whatever, they all decided to plow into Afghanistan um, and, and because he was being, uh, you know, welcomed by the Taliban, um, they fought the Taliban. Obviously, they've been there for over 20 years. Yeah. They've lost many lives over the years, uh, poured loads of funds into that country, changed the regime. So the Taliban were deposed. Uh, an, an Afghan government with Hamid Karzai was initially set yeah. up. And now I can't remember the guy's name. Who's something fled to Ghani or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, he's he's fled to Uzbekistan. Um, do you do you remember? Do you remember back in two thousand and one when um, America had decided that they were going to invade Afghanistan? Mm. Obviously, it was like a, the next day after the nine eleven attacks. How did you feel about that at that moment in time? Well, both. I mean, I don't know about you, but my. I never really knew much about Afghanistan. I okay. didn't, so obviously we're, we're from Pakistan, aren't we? Or Kashmir that's being controlled by Pakistan. Um, and even though it's a neighboring country, I never really, like, I was, what, 11, 12 years old at the time. I didn't really know where Afghanistan was or the kind of geographical or historical kind of context of that particular country. So my initial reaction was, you know, I, I mean, Obviously, seeing what was what happened in America on the 11th of September 2001 was quite traumatic as a kid. Like you see that and you think, what the hell? Like, who the hell does that? 
Um, and there was so much coverage of it for the following months. My dad in my house, it was probably similar in yours. You had Sky, Sky News on at one minute, then CNN the next, then, you know, whatever news outlets he could yep, yep. get information about it from, he was watching it. Um, so initially, I thought, yeah, they should go into Afghanistan. Yeah, these people should be killed because, you know, what they did was horrific. Um and, you know, we go into Afghanistan and things start to drag on. They, you know, they, they take control of, of Afghanistan. They, they quite quickly, you know, pull, push the Taliban back into the yep. mountain and put in the, a new Afghan government. But then we just stayed there. So for, for, for me, at that moment in time, I, I remember when, when, when the attacks happened, the, that day, the next day, everything changed. Mm. Everything as I knew it changed, right? Mm. There was absolute dread on our people in our community. They all of a sudden became a number one target. The amount of racist abuse and hate crimes that happened at that time, I, I'd say it, it's so much more than probably what even the the Asians are, are suffering now from, you know, the, the Chinese with regards to the so-called China virus, you know, with COVID, etc. Mm. It, it mm. was just because there was so much change that occurred. Those the, the the airport security, you know, everything changed at that time. Right. Mm. And then we became a particular target. So we started to get abuse. All of a sudden I'm being called Al Qaeda. At that time, I didn't know what the fuck Al-Qaeda is. It could have been yeah, anything. Yeah. It could have just been a bar of chocolate. But, oi, Al-Qaeda, get him. You know what I mean? What? I don't know what yeah. any of this is. What's going on? Yeah. And then, since then, it, it just seemed to... I remember there was reports of attacks at the time. And you know, like with Americans. Americans yeah. just seem to largely... And, and, and I know I'm generalizing here. And Debbie, you'll have to forgive me. I know you're on the stream with this. But they just don't seem to have a scoob, right? There was a, there, there, well, there was a Sikhs. There was a couple of Sikh guys that were attacked. <laughs> and, and they were attacked because they were wearing a turban. And, and bless them, there was, you know, and they went after them. The, the, the American racists went after them yeah. and killed them. One got killed at the petrol yeah, station. Yeah, but you get idiots everywhere, though, Be man. No, no, but, but that's what I'm saying is, is that this is how widespread it became. That They, they, yeah, weren't, okay. they just saw brown face. That's and then thought point. Taliban, Al Qaeda, whatever it is, yeah. that, that's how much the world changed. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It never seemed to get better after that. It just deteriorated, right? For a, quite a while, for a number of years, you know, yeah. as as we became of age and we started traveling, and as you start to have to deal with all the shit at the airports, and as a no, taxi but, but, driver, etc., you had to receive a lot of shit. Go on. But, but you, you got to you got to remember that there were other things that happened as well. There were other things that, but, no, and, but I'm only and, talking about and, my experience here, right? So this is how yeah, it affected me. No, no, but I understand what you're saying. But you've, you, it's affected you. But you're kind of then talking about as your life, as you continued growing up. But you know, there were attacks here. There were attacks. There were other attacks as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's, what, that's a fair point. That that is a fair point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the yeah. then one, it came the seven seven bombings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, you're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. So, I guess then, 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 then let's jump straight across to, with regards to the, the, the Taliban. With respect to the Taliban, 
first things first, there needs to be a, a, a separation between Islam in the religion sense, in the religious sense, and Islam that's been used in the political sense by the mm. Taliban, right? Because there's a lot of people, and this is the, the questions that I tend to get asked a lot, whether it be on Twitch or Discord, etc., is that, well, they represent Islam. You're Muslim. They're your representative. Do you know what I mean? It's always that kind of language. Mm. Would you say, first things first, that the Taliban has anything to do with Islam or the reality as you know it? Um, I mean, you can't say that it doesn't have anything to do with Islam because they are or they identify as Muslims, right? Um, but the second part of your question was, as you see it, um, and I would struggle to identify, you know, that their... So, so one of the things that I really struggled to, you know, grasp growing up was the fact that me and people of the mindset that, you know, would commit terrorist attacks are part of the same religion. I couldn't really kind of square that circle in my own mind because I, you know, I have a very, people would describe my, you know, outlook on Islam as quite liberal um, and clearly theirs isn't. Um, so it's something that I really struggled with. So, no, it's not something that I recognise as, you know, Islam from my own perspective. But you, you can't deny that their interpretation of Islam has some merit behind it. I'll, I'll tell you why that's not true. I'll tell you why, okay. or at least I believe it not to be true. Okay. There was a study that came out by one of these... these uh, he's like a top, like a researcher into Islamic history and that kind of thing, right? Mm. And he did it about ISIS. So this is specifically about ISIS. Yeah. And he was saying that there wasn't anything about what they were trying to do or achieve or in their conduct or anything that was remotely Islamic. That mm. was remotely Islamic, right? They were just using the term Islam politically, right? Yeah. So they've already got well, a group. But, that, but, but are we talking about two different things here? No, no, but what I'm saying about that is about, about the Taliban, etc., is that yeah. whilst they may call themselves Islamic, they're doing it more for political gain, is, is, is my opinion, as opposed to trying to spread the religion and look how beautiful this is and we're trying to give freedom to everybody. They're just like, yeah. you know, we're Muslims, you're Muslims, join us. Mm. Whilst they're trying yeah, to but, achieve but, something but else. We're talking, I think we're talking about two different things here because IS... I think was much more brutal and much more um, what's the word that I'm searching for but once you've um, gone to beheadings and murder you, you've gone into a brutal state right surely you can't yeah. compare dick sizes at, at level of brutality when it comes to that I, I mean yeah maybe maybe you're right I don't know um, the, the, the reason why I'm you know I I'm, I'm saying that you shouldn't compare the Taliban to ISIS is because there are conflicting reports about what they've said today. Okay. So, for example, you know, uh, allegedly all will be forgiven is one of the messages that they've put out and that they don't, they're not seeking revenge in the press conference that they've given. Um, and, you know, that they, they, they seek no internal or external enemies. So, you know, that is very different to the messaging that we're getting 
in other media about you know what this Af- you know Taliban takeover represents, um, and clearly people are kind of remembering what happened previously when the Taliban were in power, and that's why they're trying to get out of Afghanistan. But it'll be interesting to see how it changes over time. Um, and I don't know enough about the Taliban. And the reason why I say that is, for example, I didn't really appreciate that they operate like a government operates. So they've got diplomats in Middle Eastern countries. They met with China and they had a Chinese envoy that met with them or whatever. And you know, there's controversy over that because the Chinese government are effectively, in, in some people's eyes, giving them legitimacy. Um, sure. So... Yeah, I, I don't know enough about that in terms of, you know, what they're Agreed, going to be doing yeah. going forward. So, effectively, what we're kind of reacting to is the boogeyman is back because the Taliban, you know, who, at the moment, what, you, what you've said to me is that ISIS and the Taliban are one and the same. And if that's the case, then clearly nobody wants them to be back, right? Um, so... Yeah, for, for yeah. me, I, I completely agree with it. You're absolutely right about that. If, if you know, like you say, one's functioning as a government, etc. One are just, you know, like I said, just assholes running around terror- with machetes, yeah, a right? Bunch of, a, bu- a bunch of terrorists running yeah. around. Completely agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I, I just meant in terms of, you know, once you've crossed a line, for me, you're all no. the same. Then after that, yeah, no, no, no. and I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. But you know, so there's yeah, a question I, that's I think... come up on Twitch, and I'll read it out. So Debbie says. In the U.S., Muslims represent around 1% of our population. In addition, our largely secular nation doesn't necessarily highlight people's religion. So whereas we almost certainly will hear about crimes in the news by Islamic insurgents or radicalized Islamic fundamentalists, we likely won't hear about the thousands of good, compassionate, productive things accomplished by our Muslims' brothers and sisters. Yeah. I mean, That's a fair point. Where's the question? I thought there was going to be a question. In it. There's no question in it. I mean, that, that that's just the case, right? No, that that's is, true in the UK. Whenever you get that, yeah. it's always is an Islamic and, and, blah blah blah. But 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 it's it's because the media. There's. The, I don't want to kind of say that there's an agenda, but there's there's at very least they, there is a a drive to sell papers and to invite clicks, right? Yeah. And you know this whole term that's you know, come to prominence clickbait over the last five, ten years. That's effectively what, you know, the newspapers writing headlines about the boogeyman, a you know, Islamic, Islamist terrorist. It was probably Irish terrorists in the 70s in the UK. Um, you know, th- that's just to sell papers and to garner attention. Um, so, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that we've kind of become exactly. yeah. that now. Uh, but And that is what we've become. That's the reality yeah. of it. There's a question uh, here, which is, so it says, uh, 200% bung- America's bungled this, it's a shit show. But do you agree that it is true the Taliban are still around because they were receiving some support from Pakistan? Look, we- well, the, 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 firstly, let, let me just jump in there. Sorry, wait. Yeah, yeah go for it. Um, firstly, in Peshawar, isn't there some kind of Taliban presence there anyway in Pakistan? And, and is the question... The, the Pakistani government was supporting the Taliban, or is it that there were some people who supported the Taliban from Pakistan? The suggestion is, yeah, that, that or, the state was harboring or providing a safe haven for t- Taliban. Well, so, the, the, so, the, so my the, response is, is that it one, it, it doesn't matter, right? 
it doesn't matter because it deflects from the big big issues right we don't know why if for example somebody was given a, a safe haven right they were they were taken no, in. Wait, wait. the thing is let me just jump in sorry wait yeah, I, I believe you're going to go on to a really good point but in the last 20 years the stability of pakistan has been wholly undermined by what was going on in afghanistan yep. so the the suggestion that by somehow you know coming to some kind of resolution with the Taliban to try and prevent domestic attacks in Pakistan is somehow offering them a safe haven is, I think, a bit unfair. Because at the end of the day, the Pakistani government has got a duty to its own people, yep. right? And there were so many domestic attacks happening, you know, and I mean, I remember going to Pakistan as a kid. I don't remember there being as many military checkpoints in the main cities as they are now. Yep. And it's purely because it's been so unstable and so violent recently. Um, and, you know, if, if, if things have calmed down on the domestic front because they've been, you know, allowing people to cross the border or whatever, then, you know, that's the price that, you know, the Pakistani government were clearly prepared to pay. It, it says here, according to the Watson Institute for International and Public Affairs, it says, as of April 2021, more than 71,000 Afghan and Pakistani civilians are estimated to have died as a direct result of the war. And, and that's only right. that what's being reported, right? Yeah, the loss exactly. of life, the drone, American drone bombing, the, the amount of shit Pakistan's had to go through as a consequence yeah. of it. Yeah. If they had to do something or make an agreement or whatever, whatever it is, like you say, in order to support their own people, to, to reduce the amount of shit that they've got to go through. Because, we, we, yeah, and wasn't there some kind of controversy recently because Imran Khan refused to allow, was it airstrikes to be, you know, US uh, warplanes to kind of land in Pakistan or something to then do strikes? I don't know what it was. Um, why why is it check. a given? Why, why is it a given that if America says something, that everybody else should be bending over backwards in order to facilitate whatever shit it is that they want to accomplish? Money. Oh, yeah. hold on that. <laughs> Money. That's what it is, man. Sorry, I've been, I've been listening in. Uh, but you, you covered so many, so many bases in, in what you guys are talking about. But to answer your latest part, money, purely and simply. At the end of the day, a lot of these countries are relying upon aid, whether that's financial, militarily, or both, to to help prop themselves up. So therefore, you know, uh, the US will quite easily say, right, you know what, I'll give you $150 billion a year, or whatever it is, I'm going to use your airspace. But in this case, they've said no. In this case, well, they've said no. That's because, let me, that's because let, Pakistan itself is trying to clean up its image domestically. Well, right. let, let, me, let, let me just give you what Imran Khan said. So Imran Khan, in June this year, denounced the policy, um, he, he denounced it as idiocy, the country's past policy of becoming a frontline state in the US-led war against terrorism in Afghanistan, blaming the policy for persistent security and economic challenges facing Islamabad. So he says, we can be and will always remain partners in peace with America, but we can never be partners in conflict anymore. Um, so he ruled it out the possibility of providing Pakistani bases to the U.S. military. But finally, one of our leaders has grown a sacking pair. 
Listen, listen. So he's, he's ruled out the possibility of providing Pakistani bases to the U.S. military for counterterrorism strikes in Afghanistan, following the p- planned withdrawal of U.S. troops from the neighboring country after nearly two decades. He recounted the decisions to join the U.S. triggered um, uh, a sorry. He, he he basically said that Pakistan's decision to join the U.S. war triggered a militant backlash in Pakistan, in which 70,000 Pakistanis were killed in suicide bombings and other terrorist attacks. And losses of around $150 billion were inflicted on the fragile national economy. So, for example, you know, this is a really trivial point to make, but it's a point that is quite important given the context of Pakistan. Yeah. But look what happened with the Sri Lankan cricketers. Like that's domestic terrorism in, in Pakistan, you know, after 9-11, after, you know, Pakistan was supporting um, the, the U.S. war in Afghanistan. And that meant that there wasn't any cricket, international cricket played in the country, which is one of the big, you know, draws of money yeah, for Pakistan. Yeah. Um, you know, so clearly something had to change with the way that Pakistan was, you know, involved in Afghanistan. And yeah, it's a valid point that Debbie makes in that, you know, the pa- Pakistan's decision may have helped the Taliban bounce back, but equally, you know, it from my from where i'm sitting clearly there's responsibility on the shoulders of the you know the countries that waded in and decided to impose regime change to ensure that there's a lasting change and that you know as soon as they withdraw there isn't a vacuum which is then filled by those same people that they w- went in to depose Agreed. and remove the the only reason why i don't think there's any validity to to her point is if you take away america out the equation there isn't the Taliban as we know it. The amount of funding that they've received from America. And what, yeah. what I don't understand, and I'm just going to leave it because we're just sidetracking away from what's happening yeah. today. Is yeah. what, Why is it that if, if America funds terrorists, it's, you know, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, there's a reason and oh, they're trying to do this. And it's always something really pious mm. and some shit. But Pakistan takes in five Taliban. It's like, oh, condemn them. Get on your fucking podcast and condemn them. Bastards. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not always like that. It's, you got to say. You can say, it. "Fucking America." <laughs> Whether it be Bush they or Obama, they or, they're all one and the same. Americans will not say that. They say the Pledge of Allegiance too many times at school to, you know, say anything yeah, bad about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read something yeah. out. I'm yeah. going to read something out that I, I just want to talk about. Sorry, sorry, say that again, mate. I missed it. I just said, P.S. Debbie, I'm joking. So apologies. He's not joking. And score. neither am I. So <laughs> what I'm going to say is, is um, I'm just going to read something out. And then I want us to talk about actual the, the actual events about, because some people were welcoming the Taliban to come back. But before we get on to that, Michael Moore, Michael Moore, the director, uh, yeah. he produced, was it Fahrenheit 9-11, I think was his big he did. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he writes, he writes, uh, Kabul, Sion. The fall, once again. America loses another war. Our longest war. We're number one. We spent over $2 trillion. We sacrificed over 2,300 American lives to invade a country where Bin Laden was never, nowhere to be found. Bush said he had no interest in capturing him. Obama's team found him in a house just down the road from Pakistan's West Point. Who would have guessed? We are the invaders. The Taliban are not invaders, they're Afghans. It's their country. They're religious nuts. We know what that looks like. We have our own. 
that that was beautiful what he says that what a tragic mess uh, mess defund the pentagon and the military industrial complex defund the nsa defund homeland security Look. they sent our young troops to their deaths shame 15 of the 19 hijackers of 9-11 were from saudi arabia not afghanistan nor iraq nor iran how come banda bush didn't attack the saudis all right fill her up once again, we have been defeated by an army with no bomber planes, no destroyers, no missiles, no helicopters, no napalm. Just a bunch of guys in pickup trucks. We haven't won an actual war in the defense of this country since World War II. 76 years ago today. Much condolences and love to all the families who lost loved ones in a disgustingly sad war. Arguably the Soviets won that war, but uh, we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there, yeah. But I just I just wanted to read that out, not because it's it's given the reaction to what's today. I know that Michael Moore he he's you know he's very much against the the state and the government etc. But he just points out so beautifully that just in terms of what the 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 responsibility of the Americans are in this mess. And the reason why I wanted to say that is because we're going into the into the I guess the the now part and the latter part, which is. Does America, does Britain have a role to play today in the shit show that they've created? See, look, I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into an America bashing session, or feel free uh, to, feel free to, or, 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 or a Britain bashing session. <laughs> the, the, the reason why I, I've I've taken that tone is because I think one thing that we have missed is to, reacting to what what's actually happening. So, you know, the Taliban have taken over, as you touched on earlier, people have welcomed, or some people have welcomed them back. Um, and, you know, from my point of view, we shouldn't really get involved in their internal affairs anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's the suggestion that we, we send more troops in and, and, you know, impose more change on them that they don't necessarily want. Um yeah, do, I, do you I believe I, that that America uh, did what they said that they were going to do in terms of providing the uh, proper facilities and support to the Afghan army, given that the Afghan army literally just walked into Kabul without any resistance whatsoever? Um, and therefore, yeah. and then it, depending on your answer on that, it's going to answer. Then I want you to answer the next question, which is: Was leaving even the right strategy at this moment in time? Well, clearly, it was the wrong decision. Uh, because, you know, people have, um, well, it, there was no resistance, little to no resistance put up. Um, and if anything, that shows you their commitment to what had been put in place as well, in that if, you're, if, if freedom is something that you cherish and totally value, surely you'd fight to the death for it. And you, if you've got an army, a so-called so army that's going to, you know, um, fight for the rights of people to be yeah. free um, and, and allegedly properly equipped, which, you yeah. know, there are reports of people actually, uh, as in the Afghan army in some areas, running out of munitions and having to retreat because of it. Um, proper, properly equipped and properly trained, you'd expect them to fight. You'd yeah. expect them to, you know, protect their president and, and whatnot. But clearly there's been a failure of military leadership in Afghanistan. Um, but equally, there's been a failure of leadership from the Western powers who'd put that government in place and who were supporting that government and helping it stay in power for the last however many years. 
um, you know, when you're when you're propping something up, if it's not got stable foundations itself, yeah. is you know, if you if you remove the the supporting structure, it's going to fall, isn't it? And that's what's Agreed. happened. The, the, the supporting structure has been pulled away. So, so now, we, now we've got these these pictures of uh, an aeroplane, an Air Force One with about 700 refugees uh, placed on there. It was Air Force One, Bush. It was Biden didn't send his own Air Force One. <laughs> what, what, what was it then? It would have been one of the American war planes. Yeah, yeah oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Force, not, not, not the presidential plane, yeah, yeah, of course, he wouldn't plane. do that. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't want no brown people in his plane. <laughs> uh, he, he probably makes, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but he probably makes him walk and all. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? So those pictures and the number of refugees that are now going to have to pour into some of the Western countries. Firstly, there's, there's kind of like... Um, a sweet irony about that, right? In terms of now, you know, you've created that shit show and now you're actually having to deal with it in your own homes as opposed to it just being a problem over there. But and are, second, they, are, they, are they accepting people? Well, well, that's what the Defence Secretary was saying today. And America Biden, I think he already came out with something to that effect. It's going to be something pathetic. It's going to be like, uh, do you remember during the Syria war, we only had capacity for like 3,000 people and they only let mm -hmm. in like 300 or some shit like that. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? it's going to be something pathetic. Mm -hmm. But what would you expect now for those people that want to leave? What could we do? What could our governments do for in the West to help support? Or what would you want them to do? This is now going to change into domestic political stuff. Um, and you know what, what my views are. Um, but just to kind of briefly touch on them, you know, I... I, I'm I'm all for welcoming refugees from wherever in the world. So you know, from Afghanistan, from you know where wherever there is crisis. How many? Um, however many we can afford. However many we can afford, and and I think it it. So for example, we're spending millions, or I don't know how much million. I think it's something like three hundred million we're spending on a royal yacht. Um, yeah, let's, let, let's, just, let's just can that off yep. right away and we can use that to fund however many refugees to accommodate them to feed them to whatever let's put that funding straight in there yep. um, you know I think something like you know we, we cut our aid, aid budget which is supposed to be 0.8% of the GDP or something I can't remember that's probably wrong um, there was a cut there was a definite cut yeah. at least yeah why don't we reinstate that and why don't instead of sending it internationally why don't we use that to fund refugees coming in to this country from you know areas in the world where we've gone around causing a mess um, but how does that play now in today with covid bearing in mind the the economy of the country is not as it was pre-covid for example and we there's predictions that we're going to go into another recession well th there are these predictions but ultimately You've got to balance economics and, you know, humanitarianism, right? Yeah. Um, so everything can't be just driven by money and, you know, all of that stuff. I'm sure that they could work out ways to self, you know, make these refugees self-isolate. Like they've been forcing people into silos in hotels yeah. or whatever. They could do that with refugees, couldn't they? For two weeks yeah. before then shipping them off to wherever they need to go, you know, where, where somewhere a bit more permanent for them to live. Um so, you know, there, there are solutions for these things. It's just if there was a political will for it and people asked for it, it would happen. But 
people don't care like this that, that's I just about to say that yeah yeah the biggest issue is that people don't care enough about it um and that's why you know the government will you know pay lip service to it and you know make make out as if they're going to accept loads of people in because there's been a real uproar here from veterans of the Afghanistan war saying, you know, our comrades, people who helped us, people who interpreted for us, they're being stranded out there. You need to let them come in. And that's why the defense secretary made a statement today. You know, if it was something that was seen as urgent by the government, why wouldn't they have you know, done something about it nine days ago when the, the Taliban were actually starting their offensive to take yep. over? They would have actually done something about it. Many years then. ago, they dumped those interpreters over there, promising yeah. them that they were going to be able to yeah. come over and, and they never have let died them. Since. Yeah, and people have died since. People yeah. have been killed by the Taliban since. Um, so, yeah, they're in, in a nutshell, my views are we should be open, we should be welcoming, we can afford it, we just choose not to. Ultimately, when we had to prop up our economy, we've afforded billions and millions of, you know, there, there was allegedly no man, magic money tree. But then when the when the whole system was about to collapse, these checks started coming out of nowhere yeah. from the Treasury. I can confirm so if Jeremy Corbyn was here, there would be no problems. Exactly. So, um, so that's all I'm saying is that, you know, if there was a will for it, there'd be a way to find the money for it. But there just simply isn't because people, you know... The wider, wider public don't care. Do you think then that we should, um, we should accept the Taliban government now? Legitimise the government? Make the, some I, type of relationship with them? Well, I, I don't know is the honest answer because I don't know how brutal they are and how, you know, I don't know what... Bear in mind, mind there's, there's a type of brutality which countries have. I'm not saying that this makes it right, of course. But that countries have on their own people, which doesn't necessarily apply to foreigners, for example. Yeah, I mean, look, we have really good relations with Saudi Arabia. Exactly, I'm just going to say that, yeah. And, and, you know, just because, you know, they've opened their arm, you know, they, they've opened their economy, they provide us with oil, they, you know, they're starting to now host, they're starting to have cinemas and, you know, they're starting to quote unquote modernize because of MBS, whatever his name is, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, you know, we think, oh, yeah, this, whatever happens there is fine. You know, women might not be able to drive, but that's only Saudi women or whatever. Um, you know, we don't like when it's convenient for us, we'll turn a blind eye. When it's not convenient for us, we make an issue of it. So there's almost like this selective outrage. Um, Do you mean us as in us or us as in our state? Us, in as, uh, us as in our state. Yeah. Um, not us in is not us as in us. Um, I think we're getting better at you know being a bit more consistent with these things. Um, I don't know is the honest answer in terms of whether or not we should recognise the Taliban. If if they are as brutal as you know they're made out to be, then I would be against it because ultimately I'm for the rights of everyone. I'm an ally, mush. So you know. As am uh, I, as am yeah. I. So, so. But, yeah. but, would you, would you oppose your government having a relationship with them? The, the reason why I ask that is because there are other governments, and I'm not talking about Saudi Arabia here, but I don't want to make it into a different uh, conversation, where we've got a legitimate relationship, a successful yeah. relationship, where, yeah. well, is it successful when we're providing everything and they provide us with a, a shafting? 
but they absolutely torture the shit out of a certain type of people within their country. Yeah. If it works for them, why can't it work for Afghanistan? Again, really valid point. Uh, and I'm, I'm not the right person to be asking that. Um, ultimately, if we look at it from a purely like economical point of view, given that we've Brexited, maybe, maybe the trade deal with Afghanistan will be the first trade deal that we sign, Mush. It may very well be, yeah. It may very well be for some uh, worn-out AK-47s. And, and, and you know what? If that's, you know, if, if that is what the government can take out of it, they'll probably do that deal. They'll probably oh, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's some, something to be made out of it, they will take it without a shadow of a doubt. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see these images of people having to flee or feeling that they need to flee. You know, whether that's running to the airports or running to the borders and seeking, you know, what a lot of people don't understand in the West is being a refugee is not fucking easy. Like, like they literally think, they literally think that uh, you come over to the country as a refugee or boo-hoo, look at me, I've come from a war-torn country. And no, hang on, and, 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 and then they get the red carpet rolled out. Yeah, and then, yeah they're going to get these benefits. They're going to get, you know, they're living in these big houses and all that kind of shit, right? They, they literally think that that's what's going to happen. Let, let me just tell you, and Anabas will tell you better, when refugees come over to the country, you cannot work in this country. You cannot work in the UK. There's certain rights which you do not have if you come under a refugee status. It's only applicable. It's only applicable if you come on certain visas. And after so many years, and, and don't quote me on this, but some people have been known to go for over 10 plus years on a refugee status before they've been allowed to work. And given that you can't work in this country, given that you're not, you, you, you're not, you don't have the rights to be able to purchase or do X, Y, and Z, you're stuck. You're stuck on a, on a measly. And I think the figure that they gave today was something like 20 pounds, something around the 20 pound a week mark as a refugee. So it's not that they're coming for, for riches. They're not coming for these great opportunities. And the overwhelming vast majority would rather remain in their countries. Because there was a clip that was shown by, uh, what's the name, that, that knob that is, Kate, Katie Hopkins. Yeah. And, oh, they come in here and they want this, that and the other, etc, etc. No, they fucking don't. And a lot of these people have it good in the countries that they're coming from. They don't want to leave that. Because in England, it ain't fucking easy in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were showing images of what what um, what Afghanistan were like before the Taliban regime and before you know the, the Soviet invasion and uh, and ultimately the CIA funding of the Taliban, etc. Just wanted to sneak that in there. Um, we've, we've got we've got a comment from Deb saying yeah. that the West does not think that being a refugee is easy. That's just not true. I guess we'll have to just agree to disagree on that. Well, I'll I tell you what, I'll, let me put it a different way. There's a large population that are very it's ignorant not, about it. it. Let's let's just rephrase. It's not the West that we're talking about there. It's actually the perception in the UK in particular, because in the UK, we have our welfare state and the impression that a lot of people who are anti-immigration and particularly, you know, asylum seekers and refugees is, you know, the, the perception is that they get the red carpet rolled out for them. They get the, all of these benefits. They get they sponge off the state. They offer nothing to the economy. And 
you know, as Wade's been saying, these people quite often are, you know, doctors and whatever and aren't able to utilize their skills because of their refugee status. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And 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 that 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 equally applies to other states. And we've seen this because there's there's that group of people, isn't there, where they feel, well, why did they get that for free? Mm. Despite yeah. them, they're probably getting shit for free themselves, the fuckers. But nevertheless, there's always somebody <laughs> that's going to whinge about something. And ultimately, we need that level of compassion. There's got yeah. to be a level of compassion. And 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 you know what? <laughs> to be fair, at the end of it all. We can we can argue to fuck about whether Taliban should be there or not be there and all the rest of it. They're there now. And I'm not saying we should just then just legitimize them or legitimize other regimes, etc. as and when they want to come in. But ultimately, there's people that need support and help domestically and internationally. And mm. those are the people that have got to be the focus of our attention. Well, let's not forget that. Let's not make everything about Taliban and, this, Taliban that. And not only that, we want consistency. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and so if we are going to be about, you know, let's put sanctions on the Taliban or let's, you know, intervene with the Taliban, then let's intervene with the other states that are doing just as much, if not worse, you know? Yeah, and... and, then, and yeah, sorry, go on, Karen. No, that's, that, that was mainly it. You know, let's... We can't... You know, I'm, I, I'm, as, progress, I'm as progressive as it gets, uh, and I'm sure you can testify to that, Mush. Um, to, you know, much to your... I know, you spoke to Nick Clegg, okay? He doesn't get any more progressive than that. (laughs) Much to your chagrin. Using long words, then. Using long words. Uh, Not long words, but fancy words. Fancy words. Um, So, you know, I'm all about, you know, championing equality, championing, you know, for example, the issue in in Afghanistan is now going to be about mainly women's rights and you know, how they're going to be oppressed in, in Afghanistan or that's what they kind of, the, the messaging seems to be around. Um, let's let's do that everywhere. Let's make sure that we champion women's rights everywhere. And if we're going to, you know, have our political dealings kind of uh, affected by that and our economic dealings, you know, driven by those values, let's be progressive in all of our economic dealings. Let's not just choose Afghanistan as, you know, the country that we want to make an example out of. Last question I'm going to ask you, mate, before we sign off is, is there anything that you and I, the individuals, can do to help? And I don't, you know, physically. I don't just mean like the usual donations and all the rest of it, etc., which we do at the mosques and, and all the rest of it. Is there anything that we can do to help better the situation for those people? Well, what can we do apart from you know, your standard, like you said, donate? Can we lobby maybe... the, the MP, for example? Well, you know. that's that's what I was literally about to move on to. So, you know, lobby your MP and make your voice heard in that way. Um, there may be, you know, movements here that you can join, um, you know, like Afghan solidarity movements and that kind of stuff. Um, so there are there are outlets and, you know, on social media, you can see people promoting these things. And it's about kind of sharing the message as well and raising awareness. Um, shout out to Debbie for making me realize that I have a platform. Uh, <laughs> you got a platform, OK? Exactly, exactly. So She tells know, that shit I, to everybody, don't worry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was just me. I thought I was special. <laughs> Yeah, no, so, you know, utilising your platform to raise awareness about these issues, I think, is important. Um, and that's about it. That You know, just 
yeah, just do do what you can is ultimately the, the, the message that we should get out there is, you know, if you can't physically be there to try and do something about it, make your voice heard. And if yeah. you can't make your voice heard, then think about it and have your support in your heart. Yeah. That's how the Hadith goes, isn't it? Yep. And I, and I will say one last thing, which is ultimately be kind, be kind. Understand that these people are going through an extreme amount of hardship. And, and the only thing, if you can do nothing else, is just to show some love and compassion. And, you know, if, if you were to ever come across these people, talk to them, they would have some great stories to share and some obviously tragic stories to, that they would be perhaps willing to share. Not, don't do the shit that uh, there was a, a boy at the school that uh, probably about a year ago that's now, I think, ended up going to court and whatever, whatever. Somebody yeah. got some uh, fined or sent down or some, something happened. There was a charge that he, came he won a, No, we won a case against Tommy Robinson. That's oh, that's it, yeah, about Tommy Robinson, yeah. yeah. It was a libel case because um, something like he got beaten up by some kids at school. Did, and yeah. and Tommy they filmed Robinson it, the fuckers. Said, yeah, and then Tommy Robinson had basically said that this guy had been inappropriately teaching girls or doing something inappropriate with girls, and that's why he got this pasting and he took him to court and... Obviously, it wasn't true. And he won. Alhamdulillah, he won. So that was fantastic. But ultimately, that's my point. You know, don't go around fucking about with these people and sticking your phones out and all the rest. If you could do nothing, do nothing. But don't be a dick. Just be kind. And you can quote me on that. Is, is that... And are you now going to lead on, on to your sign-off? I am. I want oh, to, and one other I want thing. To, bring back Jeremy to, Corbyn. Alright guys, to, that's everything to... from us from this emergency broadcast yeah. bringing you the, the latest information straight out of the streets of Kabul. We know fuck all about you know, the time you... We, we know fuck all about it, but this is our <laughs> point of view. We love giving our point of view. This is, you know, it's, it's important that our voices are heard. Yeah, exactly. But it's important to talk about it. Keep talking about yeah. it. And if you don't, if you're not aware of it, talk about it. Spread the message. The only, the only thing that I will say, Mosh, did you say if you're not aware of it, if you're not aware about what's going on, <laughs> talk about it. If you're not aware about it, <laughs> listen to our Look podcast, it, like, share, subscribe, <laughs> and share it so to other people so that they can become aware of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And more importantly, that. like, share, subscribe. And if if you're a lover of refugees, like, share, subscribe. If you're you a welcomer, subscribe. So say that again. You're not a welcomer. I said, if you don't like, share, and subscribe, then you don't love refugees, and you're not yeah. welcome. Yeah, if you're a Tommy Robinson supporter, then obviously, yeah, just keep moving. <laughs> oh, actually, click like and subscribe, but just don't comment. And hit the notification bell, but just don't comment. Yeah, the one that's going to pop up now. Um, All right, guys, thank you very much, Abbas. Thanks for doing this. I know it was a last-minute thing. This is just going to drop tomorrow, so on the um, it's going to be a bonus episode, and it's going to drop tomorrow, the, the full episode on YouTube. So let us know what you think uh, i've got a, i've got a message to say but you can edit this bit out but i want i want all of your followers to hear us on twitch uh, you your message is be kind but when i was outside the bbc's offices chanting bbc be fair when you kind to me then much <laughs> what did i say you're bullying me for trying <laughs> to make my voice heard about palestine bbc be, be fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> BBC never gonna be fucking fair. <laughs> all right, all right. Take it, Sadie Mill. Good office. Take Good care. Office. See you soon. Bye. Bye.